0: Nope. We don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am C.L. Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. I just wanted to first start off by saying thank you, and I appreciate the people that see me in the streets. They see me out in public, and they speak, they say what's up, and they let me know they enjoy the podcast. I appreciate that. If you ever see me out, don't be shy. I ain't like that. Come say what's up to me. Now, let's get into our first world problem today. We're going to talk a lot about dreams today, dreams. And in the process of getting ready for this episode, I started thinking to myself, like, I can't even remember my dreams. Like, can you remember your dreams? If I wake up in the middle of the night, I can remember that dream for like two minutes. But then if I go to sleep and then I wake up in the morning, I cannot remember my dreams at all. Like, I would have to write it down right away. Otherwise, I'm not going to remember it. Can you remember your dreams? And then I just started thinking about like crazy dreams because we're talking a lot about dreams and and researching and looking at different dreams in the Bible. And I think it was a ballpark of around like 10 different dreams. And some of them are real, real crazy. And I think about like, I can't even remember if I had a crazy dream. Like, can you remember your craziest dream? If it's okay, write it down in the comments. What's your craziest dream that you had? And then I started thinking about the Bible though, just from a biblical perspective, what is the craziest dream? And I thought about Genesis chapter 37 with Joseph and Joseph talks about like things bowing down to him one day and why they will bow down. We eventually find out. But I was like, that that is a pretty crazy dream. And then Joseph also was big on his dreams for in Genesis chapter 40 and 41, where he interprets dreams. And he ends up becoming second in command in Egypt. But there were two dreams that jumped out to me when I was researching and getting ready for this episode. And one of them comes from Genesis chapter 20. And this is Abraham. Abraham had a wife who was so fine that when he went places, people would be like, hey, bro, who is that? Like, she she cold. Like, who is that? His wife, Sarah, she was that good looking. And it says this in Genesis chapter 20. And look at what Abraham did. And he caused someone else to end up dreaming because he was a little scared. He was a little scared because his wife was that fine. It says, now Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while, he stayed in Gerar. And there Abraham said of his wife, Sarah, She is my sister. So he said that his wife was his sister. And that's like, it's a half truth because she was his sister. But that he said it because he was scary. He said it because he was so scared. Go read about this dialogue in Genesis chapter 20. It goes on to say, then Abimelech, king of Gerar, he sent for Sarah and he took her. So she was so fine that when when they went places like to Egypt or to this place, people that was high up was like, hey, I, I want her. Go get her. And since that's dude's sister, I don't have no problem taking her. But listen to this. It says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because the woman you have taken, she is a married woman. Now, you definitely go to read about that. The dialogue back and forth where Abimelech is like, bruh, I didn't even know. Like, God, you, you got to cut me a break because I didn't know. I thought that was just his sister. And, and God does spare Abimelech because he gave um, Sarah back to, to Abraham. But it's just one of those things like that had to be a crazy dream. Like, I wonder, did he wake up in a sweat because he took somebody's wife and he didn't know, but he still took somebody's wife and, and God had to check him and say, hey, give him, give her back, man, give her back. Then I thought about Joseph, Joseph in the New Testament, Joseph, who is Jesus, stepped at it. And thinking about that, like Joseph had to be sick to his stomach because you think about this. Joseph was like, all right, I'm going to marry this woman. Mary, I love Mary. This my fiance, this my future baby mama, this is my future greatest wife ever. And then all of a sudden she's pregnant and he thinking in his head like, man, how can I divorce her? You know what? He had to be thinking like, is this little Mark? Did did Aiden actually have sex with her? Did little Johnny do this? Like who, who really is the baby daddy? And then he gets this in a dream in Matthew chapter one, verse 20. And it says this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. I feel like that just has to be a crazy dream with his emotions up and down like a roller coaster. His boys probably telling him one thing. His family probably said another thing. And then God comes and talks to him through a, a dream. But I want to hear from you, Instagram or Twitter. My handle is ChampionLife23. What is the craziest dream that you think of in the Bible? What is the craziest dream? And, if you, and you, if you are on YouTube listening, drop it in the comments. What's the craziest dream in the Bible? I want to hear from you. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. Right the, side, right the, the title of our episode today is Make Your Dreams Come True. We are enamored with the thought of following our dreams and making our dreams come true. How many adults tell children, how many times are we taught, follow your dreams, do what your heart feels. And as Christians, is this a model we should follow? Is this a philosophy we should follow? I think to an extent we should, but it should look different than it does for the world. And in this episode, I want to talk about the concept of the bigger the dream the more obedience that is required. Now, I want to look at Galatians 6, verse 7, which says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And that's the idea or the concept of you get what you put in. But when you think about this, when you sow something, it takes a while at times for for it to grow. And I think any person will say you need to work hard in, in life. But as Christians, we know it's not just about working hard. It's the fact of what God has done for us. And because of what God has done for us, he allows us to dream. And there's this idea sometimes that our God is stingy and he He doesn't want to give us his best. And he doesn't want our dreams to come true. He doesn't want us to, to dream for him. But that's something we're going to look at today. And as Christians, we can definitely make our dreams come true. Now, we talked about in the first world problem, you know, people went to sleep and they had dreams. When we're talking about dreams, we're talking about passions. We're talking about desires. We're talking about interests. And I know at times people will be like, you know, I have this dream. And I'm like, well, is it from God? Like, it has to be from God or God wouldn't have allowed me to dream it. God wouldn't allow me to have this passion or this interest and this desire. And it's like, that's not necessarily true. And some questions we have to ask ourselves is, does this go against God's word? And then also what I think about is how many people say, the Lord told me to do fill in the blank. And you're like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. A big thing to look at, and 87% of the time when I have heard people say, I got this dream from God or I have this dream, is self-serving. It's not something that brings more glory to God. It's not something that seeks to advance his kingdom. It's something to make me look good, make you look good. And that's just something that we have to keep, keep in mind pray on, Acts discernment for. Now, when we talk about this concept of the bigger the dream, the bigger obedience that, that we need, it's like, what are we talking about being obedient to? Because the world would tell you, you need to be obedient to the waves of the world. If you have this big dream to do this, you need to do this. And the world will lay out a plan on how you make your dream come true. But as Christians, we have the best plan ever. And that's God and his word. So when we talk about obedience, when we talk about commitment, we're talking about being faithful to God and his word and what he tells us to do. And what does he tell us? Proverbs three, verse five and six tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your heart, not a piece of your heart, not 50 percent of your heart, all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So. The world really just wants us to go with the wave. God is saying, no, I have the best plan for you. My word, follow it. That's how you get your paths made straight. That's how you make your dreams come true. Now, I just want you to think about this with the idea of you have a dream in mind. And let's say this is a dream from God. At times, we think that certain areas of our life, it doesn't matter. And we don't need to submit. We don't need to trust God in in, in that path because we like that has nothing to do with the dream that I want to come true. So I don't need to submit to God in this way. And it's like, no, God says submit in in all your ways, in all your ways, and I will make your path straight. And I just see the idea that people have these ideas and think that something else doesn't necessarily matter. And they think because it's small or it's a different path when really it's all one big path. It, It all matters. So I'll hear somebody say, man, I want to find Mr. or Mrs. Right. I want to have a a great family one day. But then they don't want to submit to the Lord when it comes to forgiving how he has taught us to forgive. They don't want to submit to God when it talks about releasing bitterness and and rage and remembering the grace and the love that God has given us. They don't want to submit when it comes to, all right, I know I should live a healthy lifestyle. I know I should eat right. Talks about that in the Bible, too. I know I should be financially stable. It talks about that in the Bible, too, because that has nothing to do with the dream that I want or that God has actually given you. And it's like it does. God says submit in all your ways, Submit in all your ways. But we think it doesn't it doesn't correlate or it doesn't it's not attached to each other. I think about people that want to be successful and they want to climb the corporate ladder or they have this dream of having this big time business. The world would tell you, you know what, it doesn't matter then as long as you work really, really hard. If you happen to be sexually free and you want to have sex with any and every person, in any and everybody, that don't matter. But God's word says, no, in all your ways, submit to me. And, that, and that's one of his ways. Looking at God's word and seeing what he says and being obedient to him. There are so many times we think certain things don't matter, but I just want you to think about that. What if your dream is not coming true because you have failed to submit in all the ways possible. I just think about how many times we um we we talk about balancing a couple of things, and we can't even balance a couple of things, but then we're asking God for three or four or five things. And I think this passage from Matthew just reminds us to be faithful with the small things. When we're faithful with the small things, our Lord, our God, our Master, He wants to give us. More And it reminds us in this passage about being faithful with things that we don't even think matter, Uh, having balance, doing it God's way. The path is narrow. The path of destruction is super wide. And this passage tells us, this is Jesus when he's breaking it down in a parable. He was like, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. So just a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come and share your master's happiness. Our God has blessings in store for us. Our God has a path that he wants us to take. The world wants us to take a different path and says, you know, what? I can make your dreams come true. But that path is a lie. That path is wide and many will follow it and lead to destruction. But God's path is narrow. Now, I want you to think about something that you have a, a dream of, something that you say you really, really want. And just answer this question to yourself. Are you submitting in all your ways? Are you submitting in all your ways? And what And what if it's because you're not submitting in every single way that God is not ready to give it to you because he doesn't want you to get hurt or he knows that you can't handle it right now? Let's make our dreams come true. And just coaching a sport, I think about that because how many times athletes have a small role and they're like, coach, I want a real big role, And it's like, hold up you haven't even done well with the small row that we've given you. So how can we expect, how can you expect us to give you more when you can't even handle the little row? And a lot of us think that we can just turn it on. The world tells you, you know what? You can just take a shortcut or you can just hop on this path or you can just do a fast track. And sometimes there is no fast track. Sometimes that is just a trick door that's leading to destruction. Now, I want to look at the story of Joseph. Because Joseph is one of those who is loved. So many people love the fact that he had these dreams and he was able to interpret these dreams and people are like, man, my life is like Joseph. But there's some huge components that, that people miss. And in this reading, in this scripture that we're gonna look at today, there are so many pieces of wisdom that we can gra- gather from this. So many lessons that are in this. Just first of all, thinking about Genesis 39 verse two or Genesis 40 verse eight or Genesis 41 verse 16. We as Christians, sometimes we forget that God is with us in everything that we do. God was with Joseph in everything that he did. And God wants to bless us. And we will see how he wanted to bless Joseph. Even though at some times the enemy was like, God don't love you. God doesn't really want to bless you. I can make your dreams come true. No, you can't make a, our dreams come true. God does that. God gives us the best. The enemy gives us some counterfeit bootleg stuff. And I just wanted to make sure I point out that You know, as believers, sometimes we forget. We forget that since Jesus was obedient, we have that obedience. We get looked at as perfect from a spiritual sense. Our Heavenly Father is pleased with us because of Jesus's perfect obedience for us. But let's get back to that concept of from an earthly standpoint of you reap what you sow. And let's look at Joseph's dream. This comes from Genesis chapter 37, starting at verse 3. Now, Israel, that's Joseph's father. His real name is Jacob. He loved Joseph, who was 17 years old, more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. That means like a special coat, special jacket that like only kings would have. This is what he gave his son. Now, some of us, we get our special coat. I want you to think about a special gift, a special talent. You have something that makes you unique. And we don't know how to act we do not know how to act. And sometimes we think to ourselves, you know what? I got this special talent. I got this special gift because I'm such a good person and I'm so obedient. It's like, no, you got it for no reason. God just wanted to gift it to you. God just wanted to, to bless you with it. And in this case, we see that Joseph was just blessed with this special coat, special robe, really for no reason. Now, with some of the gifts and things that we get, some of the talents, People are going to resent us for that. And that's just something for us to take into mind with insecurities with sin and and how sometimes people are in life. It says in verse four, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated Joseph and could not speak a kind word to him. Couldn't speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Now, this father, he showed favoritism. Our father, he doesn't show favoritism. He has perfect love, but you still might have some haters and you sometimes might be a hater. So we got to check that. Now, when we look at this and we see what Joseph is about to explain to his brothers, we know that Joseph is going to be the the most powerful man in the world one day. Not today, but one day he's going to be second in command, but he's going to be the one calling all the shots. And he's going to have his family eventually end up bowing down to him. And go read about that. That's like Genesis 40 or 41, but just read about it. It's a good thing. And I'm guessing Joseph didn't know what this dream meant. But Joseph said to his brothers, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Now, if you didn't catch this. He is symbolizing that his brothers, he's foreshadowing that his brothers will bow down to him one day. And you got to think about this. This is like, this is the little brother. He's the second youngest brother. He's telling all these grown men, like, y'all going to bow down to me one day. And you can just imagine his brothers don't like him. They, they hate him. How they responded. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? I could just picture them being like, aha, you crazy. And they hated him all the more. Because of his dream and what he said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. I probably would have stopped at the first one. I don't know why Joseph wasn't reading the room. Joseph said, listen, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And right here, I just want to say, be careful who you share your dreams with. And also make sure that you aren't bragging on yourself. We can brag on the Lord, but we don't want to brag on ourselves. We need to be humble. And I kind of think Joseph was doing that in some form or fashion. Now, this is this is something you can disagree with me. This is not doctrine. This is just opinion that I think that Joseph, Joseph was doing a little bragging right here. But share with people that you think are going to hold you accountable and, and do it in a humble way. Verse 10, when he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, if you continue reading this, you'll see they wanted to kill Joseph. They wanted to kill him. But instead they said, let's kill him and then we'll see what comes of his dreams. They didn't kill him. Reuben said, don't do it. Just throw him in a ditch. And what happened is they ended up selling him into slavery. So look at this. He has this dream. And it got way worse before it it got better. And this is something for us to remember. A path of no resistance, that usually means we're on the path of evil. We're usually on the path of evil. Now, sometimes in life, we're going to take some steps back in order to, to move forward. And when we take some steps back, when we're actually on the path that God wants us to be on, and things don't necessarily go as fast as we would like, People and the world are going to tell you, like, you're on the wrong path. You're doing things wrong. But being obedient to God's word, being faithful to God's word, trusting in him with all of our our heart. That's how we make our dreams come true. And so many people love this story of Joseph, but they miss the fact of how he how he was so obedient in, in, in this way. And we have this idea like in our society now that, you know, just talk about your dreams, speak it into existence. We miss, the the world missed the idea of being obedient and faithful to God. That is how you make your dreams come true. That is how you get the best of what God wants to give you. Our God is not stingy. Our God is not stingy at all. He wants to give us the absolute best. He wants us to be strong, though. And sometimes there's going to be obstacles. There will be challenges on that path that he has us on. Now, when we think about this obedience, our obedience from an earthly standpoint to please God is only possible because Christ lived a perfect life, a hundred percent perfect life. He declared us not guilty. So we got some house money. We got some stuff to play with. Now, some ways that Joseph showed great obedience, looking at Genesis chapter 39, sold into slavery. He didn't mope. He didn't become a victim. He still worked to glorify God. And I think he had the Colossians 3 verse 23 and 24 mentality, which is whatever you do, and this is something for us to remember to make our dreams come true. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. It's the Lord Christ that we are serving. Sometimes when we have those stepbacks, we become bitter. Think about if Joseph would have been bitter or not forgiven or in his chest the whole time and in his feelings. He wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have done this and he would have been on the path of the world instead of the path that God wanted him to be on. Now, Joseph has some obedience in in some special ways. I talked about earlier the success path and how people say, you know, your sexual freedom has nothing to do with you being successful in this world. But when reality as Christians, we know that all these things matter. And in verse seven, when he works his way to being running Potiphar's house, he's number one person in, in charge of that house. Potiphar's wife comes to in like, oh, Joseph looking like a snack. Joseph, come to bed with me, which means have sex with me. What did Joseph do? Joseph fled from that. Joseph fled from that. And most people would think that has nothing to do with being, um, making your dream come true from a successful or a business standpoint. Those two are intertwined. He was doing what he was supposed to do at work. It's like, but those things are intertwined. They are absolutely intertwined. But that's a lie. That the world wants us to think that it doesn't matter. If you don't submit in this way, no big deal. But that's where it comes to that piece of, of trust in the Lord with all your heart. And this is one of the things that made Joseph end up becoming a great ruler. When we look at Genesis chapter 40, because Joseph flared from this woman, she ended up yelling rape. So they threw him in prison. Joseph was still obedient to use his gifts to serve others. He was still obedient to use his gift to serve others. And he's in another unfair situation because he's thrown into jail. But he wasn't bitter. He wasn't sour. He did what God wanted him to do, which is to interpret these dreams. He interprets two dreams. One of them ends up dying. The other one ends up getting his position back with Pharaoh. A couple years or some time passes. Pharaoh has a dream. He's like, oh, yeah, I know this dude who can interpret your dream. Joseph is on that narrow path right now, right? But he's had to take some steps back. This is a path that God has laid down for him. Picture if if Joseph would have had sex with Potiphar's wife or Joseph would have been bitter and not interpret these dreams. He would have been on a completely different path. Remember, our God wants the best for us. It's things that we can't even see that God is working for in our benefit. And he did these things to, to glorify God. So when you think about this, 13 years of obedience. We can't even do sometimes 13 minutes or 13 days or 13 months, let alone 13 years of trusting in the Lord and submitting to him in every way possible. But I just want to make sure we we compare this to, to Jesus. So Joseph probably did pretty good. He didn't, he wasn't perfect. Jesus was perfect for 33 years years a hundred percent perfect perfect with his parents perfect with the government perfect with his friends perfect in every way obedient in every single way and because of his obedience like I said we are seen as obedient because he's traded places with us he's done that for us but when we get back to that that earthly capacity this is why our obedience can actually mean something on this earth and in this era of like half obedience and do what you feel is right. That's not going to make your dreams come true from the best. And the best is is God. God is our master. God is our author. God is the one who wants to give us the best. So think about that. What do you dream about? What are you dreaming about right now? What are you lacking obedience? What have you not submitted to God? What have you not given to him? What have you not trusted with him completely? Are you giving it time? Because sometimes we'll do something for like a day or two and be like, all right, make the dream come true. We see in Joseph's case, it, it took 13, 13 years. What areas in your life are you saying it really doesn't matter? Are you not being faithful in the small things, but really could be could be the big things? And I want to make this very clear. We don't get God's grace. We don't get God's love through being obedient. We don't. So what is the point? I'm going to reiterate this again. What is the point of being obedient? What is the point of being committed to God and his word? Look at what Luke chapter 11, verse 28 tells us. And this is Jesus telling us. He said, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. So Jesus tells us when you are obedient, you get blessed. He tells us that. Look at John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. And I think about that at at times. We say that we we love Jesus, but if we did the exact opposite of God and his word, it would be like, people would be looking like, do you really, really love them? And we have to remember sometimes people are watching us. So that's how we can be a a light. That's how we can shine. That's how we can be the salt on this earth and show people that we are truly being his light. Now look at verse First One, uh, 1 John five, verse two, it says, this is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome, but Jesus did it for us. That's why it's not burdensome. Jesus did all of it for us. Now, Jesus took on our nightmares so that we could dream to get the best To make our dreams come true, follow the path that God has laid down for you. Don't follow the world's path. Don't follow that sinful flesh path. Follow God's path. And just thinking about God's perfect obedience, how he has has given me so much grace, meditating on it, that makes me want to be obedient. And doing this, this is for my benefit. Like God wants to bless me. God has all these things in store for me. I don't want to cheat myself out of the blessings that God has in store for me. He he already has the path laid down for me. I don't want to go jump on that path of the world, which might look better at sometimes, but it's going to be a shortcut to the fire, shortcut to destruction. Follow God's path. To wrap this episode up of Make Your Dreams Come True. We can go back to that, that passage from Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Our God wants the best for us. Our God has a path that is laid down for us already. Don't reject his best. Don't settle for the world's counterfeit fake fake Gucci, fake Prada. It ain't the real thing. It's not the best thing. And if you truly want to make your dreams come true, be obedient to God's word. Commit to him, look at his faithfulness, and follow the path that he has for you. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Make Your Dreams Come True. Peace, punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.